The Cannabis Heals Me Podcast, episode 123. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me Podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cannabis Heals Me Podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly, coming to you, as always, from the Storybook and Studios. Thank you so much for joining me again. I know you guys have a lot of things that you can listen to, so the fact that you choose to come and spend, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, an hour with me each week, I really appreciate it, especially since so many of you are not driving as much as you used to. So so you coming here to listen to this is much more of a concerted effort, and I really appreciate you doing that for me. If you haven't done so already, please go out and subscribe to the podcast. That way you will never miss an episode. And while you're out there subscribing, I would sincerely appreciate it if you would give us a rating or review. And like I say every week, the reason I ask you to do that is because the algorithm loves it. It loves when you give us a five-star rating. It loves when you take the time to actually write a review. And you know what? So do I. It is very confirming to me on a human basic level to know that somebody cares enough about the content we're putting out to actually go out and spend two or three minutes writing a review. Our guest today is Deirdre Martinez. She is a holistic health professional and founder of the Uplift Movement. She is going to share with us her personal story of how she found cannabis as medicine and how she was able to incorporate that with yoga and meditation to overcome some health issues that she was facing. Deirdre, welcome to the program. And thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So you had actually sent me an email and said, hey, I'd love to come on the show and tell you about my medical cannabis experience. And then you also mentioned that you had written a book. So how did cannabis, how did you come to find cannabis as medicine? So thank you for having me. And I love what you're doing with the podcast. I mean, anything that we can do to really bring awareness to um to people in regards to shining light on what cannabis, the potential benefits of cannabis. Yes. Hopefully changing the way that things are right now, because in a lot of places, it's not, people don't have access Mm -hmm. and um, there's a lot of stigma. So hopefully, you know, it's like, I think both of us are inspired to, to help uplift that and to change that. So thank you for what you're doing too. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically like my story, and this is why I wrote the book was to share it of just how it is um, kind of not what you would expect because uh, I've had all kinds of different experiences with um, drugs, alcohol, um, stress, and um, all over the place. And where cannabis was seen as like a gateway drug, it was, it was my gateway, like out of all of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And so what happened was, is that I've always had um, a lot of anxiety. And um, growing up, I was, I struggled with my weight. I had an eating disorder. I didn't, you know, realize it. You don't realize it when you have it. You just eat a lot. (laughs) So I grew up overweight, um, obese, and struggled with my weight for a long time. And um, when I got older, I also, that continued as well as back pain. I had chronic back pain right between my shoulder blades. And um, I had a drinking problem too. <laughs> I drank oh, wow. a lot of alcohol. <laughs> so what happened was, is that because of the back problem, I ended up going to a doctor and um, they were 
you know, I've gone to so many doctors, acupuncturists, chiropractors, massage therapists, nobody could figure it out until they were pretty much going to put me on back surgery. Oh, goodness. And I know. And I was like, oh, my God, that just sounds so crazy. That sounds so horrible. So did they know what was the cause of the pain? But they're, or they're just like, oh, let's just go in blind and totally do back surgery on you. It was about a year of trying so many different things and they couldn't really figure it out. And so that's why it's like, well, we can try back surgery, but wait, before we do that, let's send you to a psychiatrist. And um, I wasn't sure if that was because, you know, back surgery was going to be something that would obviously probably, you know, affect you mentally as well too. Um, so they wanted to do that or I, I, I was just like, okay, that, that makes sense. So I went to the psychiatrist. And, um, and that's the first time where like, he said, you know, he said to me, he's like, I I told him about my back pain. I told him about, you know, everything that was going on in my life and all the other, um, substance abuse issues that I had (laughs) with food and alcohol and all these things. He's like, well, I think it's in your head. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, you think I'm making this up? Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm faking this. So I was actually pretty upset. And he said, no, it's anxiety. And I was already 30 years old at that time. And I had never heard of what anxiety was. Never, really? never. And um, so he started to educate me on what anxiety was, um, stress and how that affects your body and how that can affect your, um, your muscle spasms in your back. And then I just realized like, well, I had been self-medicating myself with food and alcohol and, um, you know, just anything I could get my hands on to really cope with that anxiety. So he decided to put me on Prozac, um, which I thought was weird because I, I had heard, you know, that like Prozac was for depression, you know, I was like, but I'm not, I'm not depressed. And he said, well, you know, it can also help with anxiety. So, you know, he's a doctor and I think that's what we all do, right. Is like, we trust the doctor a pill seems yeah. like a nice, good, quick fix. Yeah. Just take the freaking back pain away. Like make it so the, so I started on the, the Prozac regimen and it was like at first amazing. Like the back pain was gone. I was calm. Like everything was cool. <laughs> I had never felt that kind of calm before in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but after about two years, nah, maybe about, about, about a year or so, um, I started to feel like numb, like a zombie, like mm-hmm. I had no emotion whatsoever. And um, my eating disorder kicked up. I started just like overeating to kind of like feel something. And, um, you know, one thing that I had left out, which is a part of the story is um, because I had that, uh, that uh, alcohol disorder also, I joined AA. I had joined AA. Um, and it was just something I knew to do. My dad was in the program. He was, you know, many years sober. So when I was in my binge drinking phase, I, I couldn't stop. I just thought, well, like I'll go to AA and that, that'll, that'll fix me. <laughs> so, um, so when I was on, on Prozac and I became depressed, I was working with a woman who was, had cancer and I opened up to her everything that I was feeling, you know, it was like, I have this depression now. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm scared to get off the drugs because I don't want the back pain to come back. And she was on, she was like, Deirdre, you've got to go to these cannabis dispensaries. 
she's because she was using it for her cancer. She's like, they have, they have weed for pain, for depression, for anxiety, everything. And yeah, she's an older woman, probably in her early 60s. And um, we both worked at the YMCA at the time. I was like, what? <laughs> you got to go smoke weed? Um, Were you I mean, offended when she when she recommended that? No, no, no. I mean, so I back, you know, I had been a party girl for a long time, you know, alcohol, drugs, everything, weed, but it was always recreational, always recreational. And so um, I was just like thinking about how, well, that would change my sobriety. Like, I, I can't do that. Oh, like, yeah. I was already probably about four years sober. I had a sponsor. I had like all of that, you know. Um, and it was scary because I felt like, well, if I started smoking weed, I would lose my sobriety. Um, so yeah, so I called my sponsor and, uh, I said, I've got this dilemma, <laughs> you know, I don't want to drink again, but you know, I'm on this Prozac, which makes me feel like, sh and when I had talked to my doctor, he wanted to give me more drugs, which I just don't think is okay. And I heard weed could be helpful, you know, and I, I'm really thinking about trying it. And, um, you know, she didn't, she didn't, she just let me kind of figure it out. She didn't, she didn't, um, make me feel bad about it. She didn't tell me what to do. She was just like, whatever you decide, you know, I will love you and support you. And so, yeah, I, I rationalized it in my head. <laughs> Well, that's hard work to, to go from drinking a lot and then be sober for four years. So it's like, you don't want to throw that away on something that, yeah. yeah. And, and really like my life had gotten better in ways, you know, I had worked on myself and it was the first time too, I had done like spiritual work, which I had never done before. Um, so there was a lot of benefits and I was really scared of losing all of that. And, and we have this stigma of Oh, again, the, the cannabis is a gateway drug. If I start smoking weed, I'll start drinking. I'll start doing cocaine. I'll start doing meth. I'll end up under some alley, homeless, selling money, you know, just like all of yeah, that stuff. Yeah. And, and then too, like, if I tell my dad, what is he going to think about me? He's going to be disappointed because he's had so many years of sobriety. And I felt like, what if this makes us disconnected? So I was kind of scared about that too. But I just rationalized it with myself. I said, you know, why is Prozac okay? And that's totally making me feel like crap. And they want to give me more drugs. Like that just doesn't make any sense. And um, and and this cannabis is legal. Like it was medically legal at the time. This was back in like 2006, I don't know, way back when. <laughs> Early stages. Uh, yeah, like maybe 10 years ago. So so yeah, like 2010, 2011. And so, so I decided to do it and try it. And, um, I remember at the time thinking like, it, you know, all those emotions come up about guilt, shame, you know, am I doing the right thing? Um, but I noticed that I felt better. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like a zombie, like I had done on the Prozac. I didn't feel the anxiety. Um, it was like, I just felt 
I felt fine. I felt good. I, you know, when you smoke cannabis and you, um, you're taking it therapeutically, um, you can still function. <laughs> you could mm-hmm. do things. Yeah. You're not uh, getting wasted. You're not getting wasted. Right. But there was no guidance back then on mm-hmm. how to use it. And that was the problem too, was that, um, I found myself kind of, uh, relying on it all the time, you know, using it every day. Um, I think it was a good alternative for the Prozac because again, I was feeling like a zombie, but I was, um, relying, he- I was really relying heavily on it. I didn't really know how to use it therapeutically. So that became a journey like of se- over several years of basically integrating, um, fitness and health and changing my lifestyle. I became a fitness instructor because again, I had always de- battled with my weight for so long. So I thought, well, you know, if I become a fitness instructor, I'll learn everything there is. And yeah, I'll just get yeah. healthy. And so I started teaching like Zumba and mm-hmm. um, I got really injured with Zumba. And uh, that led me to yoga, which I never thought I would do because I never thought I could sit still and breathe. <laughs> just that, that alone would bring me anxiety. Um, but yoga was amazing. Like that's, and that's what totally all of a sudden made sense to me with understanding the mind-body connection. And then when I would consume cannabis and do yoga together, yeah, no, have you tried that? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, it, especially like a, an edible or something like that's a very body high experience. Um, you know, basically you're taking your body into a relaxation state when you're breathing deeply, when you're, when you're resting or you're sitting, when you're doing that therapeutic yoga. And so all of a sudden, like my, my health and well being was just increasing. Like my, my head wasn't whirling as much, like things were just starting to be a lot more conscious and intentional. And I had more energy and vitality. So things just started to really like get better in that sense. And also because I was going in that route of like holistic medicine, I remember I had always get battled with my weight and eating. Mm-hmm. I found a program that was called the eating, the psychology of eating. And it was really focused on not just like what we eat, because I was a trainer. I already knew what to eat. Yeah. Like, but I cheated on every diet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I binged all the time. You know, it was like why we're eating and how we're eating and really changing our relationship and healing the relationship with our body and with food. And so it was like this evolution of all these different elements that I was learning as I was consuming cannabis. And the more that I integrated everything, the more, the less that I needed cannabis and more it became really therapeutic. And so that's kind of what what led me to writing the book was I developed this model basically of integrating cannabis into a healthy lifestyle um, that incorporates mindful eating, nutrition, fitness, and stress management through meditation, yoga, um, and then cannabis. And so you know, all the things like, it's just amazing because like none of that stuff, I mean, I did start drinking again. Okay. I'm going to just be open about that. Uh, And what I've learned is like, you know, it's not the alcohol that's the problem. It's not the cannabis. That's the problem. I had a problem. Like pain was the issue that I wasn't processing. 
Um, and so I would now that like that pain has been resolved. Um, I know how to do how, how to cope in a healthy way. I know how to take care of myself. I, ha- I know how to meditate. I know how to do all these things. I don't abuse anything like that anymore. You know? Um, so all those issues that I had before, like, I don't have an eating disorder anymore. I don't have, um, pain anymore. I don't, I'm, you know, don't struggle in my relationships with men. Like I used to, I'm married now. I'm about to have a baby. Like all oh, these how things. Exciting. Have, yeah. So it's just like, life is awesome. And, and, you know, it was all thanks to being able to use cannabis, um, and alternatively, like as an alternative source to healing, basically. Yeah. Now, when you got off of Prozac, did you go cold turkey? Did you talk to your psychiatrist and say, this is what I'm going to do? I went cold turkey because I wasn't going to tell him, you know, I'm thinking about smoking pot. Yeah. <laughs> I have Kaiser insurance. They're not very open-minded. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I kind of really, it was tough because I really kept it, um, it was hard to talk about it with anybody. And that's why I felt like there was really no guidance and it took me years to like figure it out. And I, and I, and that's the thing that like, I like to stress with people is there's, there's a certain way of using it. Um, and if you don't, if you're not using it, um, consciously like that with like the actual lifestyle elements, it is recreational or you're not getting the full benefit because, um, you know, basically I talk about some of this in the, in the book, but you know, you've got your endocannabinoid system, which helps with homeostasis in the body. And, um, you know, stress can create that imbalance in the home system. So you could be smoking all the weed you want to, but if you're not doing anything to manage your stress, then you're going to continuously be like limping on your, on your endocannabinoid system. It's still going to be not as effective as it could be. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. Same thing with nutrition. If we're not eating, if we're overeating or we're not eating the right foods, that stresses your endocannabinoid system. Um, Same thing with inactivity, you know, so, Mm -hmm. so you really want to integrate all those different elements to really get the most out of um, enhancing the therapeutic benefits. I've talked to several people and and they've talked about how cannabis actually makes them more aware of, you know, like more aware of doing things to help themselves be more healthy. Did you find that that was the cases for you as well? I really felt it more in um, yoga practice mm-hmm. more than anything, because again, I think it's, it's that you you drop into your body so much more, especially with like an edible or, you know, I don't like to just categorize so much, but like, you know, those indica strings tend to feel a little bit more of a body sensation in general. Um, so I felt like that, like anytime I'm up here too much in my head, you know, whirlings of the mind, they like to say in yoga, um, it's hard to be conscious, right? It's hard to be in the moment because the narrative, the story is this is really high. But when you drop into the body, at least for me, that really grounds me. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm using cannabis and I'm holding a pose for a while, like I'm in it, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like I can feel every single sensation. I can feel like I can, I can see my thoughts. I can, you know, everything is very much alive. Um, and so that, that, that 
consciousness really um, draws there for me with, with yoga and cannabis. Well, what is the name of the book? It's called A Higher State of Health. And basically what I share is my journey, what I just shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we have a, a big problem in, and I, and I feel in our, in our society more than anything, um, is stress. And a lot of, most of us are unaware of the stress that we're experiencing. It's become normalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, 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 you know, you can see it by, you know, um, people's pain that they're experiencing, the rate of opioid addiction, mm-hmm. of obesity rates, um, the rate of divorce. I mean, all these different things that are affecting people's quality of lives. Mm-hmm. It's all stress related. You know, yeah. addiction, addiction also, yes. it's all stress, it's all stress related. Um, and women in general are more prone to stress than men. And so the book is really tailored towards women specifically um, and addressing these chronic stress issues um, and how to use cannabis. And I, you know, talk about which different meditation practices to use, which mindful um which nutrition practices to use, um, which fitness I recommend mm-hmm. and what cannabis I would recommend for things like insomnia or, um, addiction, um, mm-hmm. things like that, that are related to chronic stress. Yeah. Well, is the book available on Amazon? Do you have a website? If folks are interested in checking it out, where can they do that? Yeah, it is on Amazon. It's on Kindle as well as paperback. Um, and then they can go to my website, DeirdreMartinez.com. And also there's a link on there. Um, and on my website too, they can find, um, I've got downloads to meditations on there. You can get a free class pass to, I teach Zumba. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you you've recovered from, from your Zumba injury then, I guess. Yes. Everything I'm pain free, pain free. That's awesome. Except that I'm growing a baby in my belly and I'm 40. So, you know. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> things uh my my body is experiencing some some changes there mm-hmm. but um but for the most part yeah i'm i'm pain free you know i mean stress is very manageable these days um and i just don't have those same sort of um health issues that i did mm-hmm. i my my weight's also managed you know i don't have to count my calories anymore like i used to obsess about it um yeah and it's, and it's crazy too when you're having a baby um, you're going to gain weight. And I'm just kind of yeah. like, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned that you were, you were pretty nervous about your dad finding out that you were going to use cannabis. Did you tell him immediately or did you kind of, it you know, took me closet smoke for closet, use it for a while? Yeah. I basically had told him, I believe first that I stopped going to AA. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell him that I was using cannabis yet. Yeah. Uh, so that probably took me, I actually can't even remember. I don't know if I ever, I, I, I'm sure I told him eventually. Um, and it was weird too. So I work in the cannabis industry. And mm-hmm. so that's also that I share in the book too, is like I share insights from being in the trenches of working in the cannabis industry. So mm-hmm. um, back in 2018, when it got legalized in California, um, I had the opportunity to to uh, work in sales, in cannabis sales, selling to dispensaries. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was a freak out moment again, too. Like, is my dad going to like, I'm really close with my dad. We have a great relationship and I love him. But again, like, is he going to flip out? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be worried about me? 
are people, is he going to judge me? Or, you know, is he going to be, um, you know, upset because other people are going to judge me and right. just all of that kind of stuff. Right. And, um, I do remember the day that I told him, cause it was right after it was like new year's Eve. Um, when I signed my agreement letter for the, the job that I, I called him like that morning, I'm like, well, dad, I'm going to start a new job. <laughs> He's like, great. Mija. Congratulations. <laughs> Well, what are you <laughs> <laughs> and he's got like 30 years sober, you know, like no drugs, no alcohol, nothing. Um, and, and when I told him, he was like, that's great. It's about time they legalize it, you know, well, good he, for him. Yeah. He was a hippie back in the day. You know, he's, um, he was always for like people's and individual rights. Like mm-hmm. nobody should tell you what to put in your body. Um, and so he was like, it's about time they legalize it. And I was like, Wow. Thanks, dad. <laughs> You're worried for nothing. I was worried for nothing. And he's proud of me. You know, he really thinks it's cool that um, I'm working in, in the industry that um, is really paving a new path. So, so yeah, it's kind of really strengthened, strengthened our relationship. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. I, it is kind of scary to, to tell your folks what you're, you know, something that kind of has a little bit of stigma to it to tell them that you're involved yeah. in that. So yeah. And, um, again, like, you know, there's just all these negative associations with it, like the gateway drug or, you know, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I, I, I just, just say, look, I'm a, I'm a smoker, you know, I'm not under an alley, <laughs> you know, like, and those, and those people too, you know, I, I mean, one of the, one of my favorite teachers, um, who really studies addiction and, and shares a lot about it is Dr. Gabor Mate. I don't know if you've heard of him. But What's um, his name again? Dr. Gabor Mate mm-hmm. and his book, um, In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. And it talks about how, you know, the, the problem is, is how we treat addicts and how we treat mm-hmm. u- users, you know, um, people that uh, have substance abuse disorders, how we yeah. treat, how we treat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that creates more of the same problem you know they they yeah. just keep on going back and reverting back to the same problem and what really what people need more than anything is love and yes. compassion. you know and that's also too what i find fascinating about cannabis when you when you look at it from a scientific standpoint is um it activates that bliss molecule you know mm-hmm. um again it can be something that is um people become dependent on and that's why i think it's so important why you have to incorporate a healthy lifestyle mindfulness and all those different practices um is to learn how to use it again therapeutically because because we need it yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like how you would use exercise you use it there you know it's therapeutically yeah and our body is is built for it so yeah when you, when you told your friends, I mean, obviously they're probably seeing these changes in you, like physically and mentally. Did they ask you, did they have to ask you what it was or had you already kind of told them? Um, my close friends already knew, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, I, I was, my, my close friends pretty knew. I didn't start becoming open about, um, how cannabis was part of it until it was legalized. And yeah. even still um I it took me a while because I felt like I had already like um 
a, a pretty nice, good following just in, in from teaching Zumba classes and fitness and, you know, in, in LA, Beverly Hills and all those areas. So people uh, had already associated with me as like this fitness instructor and like mm -hmm. this health and, and, um, I was concerned and, and afraid of, again, the stigma, like, what are they going to think of me that I'm going to start working for this cannabis company? And, mm -hmm. um, and it was tough to really be open about it, like on social media at first, or just share my story. Um, but I do have the story and I, and I have to own that story, you know, because it is a story that like, Hey, um, it can help other people too. You don't have to be a slave to, pills you know mm -hmm. if they work for you and you're okay with it hey you can keep doing what you're doing I'm not telling you how to use your body but if you're not okay with it and you're looking for another solution you know there's other ways and I did it and I'm fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it, it seems ironic to me that cannabis at least medical has been legal in California for decades now yeah and there's yeah. still that stigma around it you know, you're still afraid to let people know. So, you know, if it's, if it's that bad in California, still <laughs> imagine right? what it's I like know. around the rest of the country. I know. I know. So I try to like, um, you know, I try to make it fun. Like, mm -hmm. that's why I love, I love edibles. Like I'll shoot, I'll, I'll share like recipes on how to make fun edibles. Or, um, when I would work events, with my company, I had this weed costume I'd always wear, like a weed onesie, and uh -huh. I hoop, hoop, you know, just like kind of <laughs> to make it um, like fun. So it's not like a big deal, like, oh my God, weed, why yeah. such a fat, you know, it's like, no, it's fine, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned social media. Where can folks follow you if they're interested in keeping tabs on you? Uh, they can follow me on at the Uplift Movement. Um, that's my Instagram handle. And then also I have uh, Deirdre Martinez on Facebook. Okay, perfect. Well, I will put links to those pages as well as to your website and to the book on the show notes for today's episode. Is there anything else you'd like to share with anyone? Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, this is a journey. <laughs> this is a journey. Um, and you're not alone. Nobody's alone. We're all, it sounds kind of like cliche. We're all in this together, Yeah. but, <laughs> but we really are, you know, people that are open to exploring, um, alternative health and, and looking to do things more holistically. Um, that's not always, um, what you're going to find on TV. It's not always what you're going to hear on the radio is not mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, not everybody's always talking about it. It's um, it, it might feel like you're alone sometimes. You know, it might feel hard. Um, so just know that like you have support and um, you don't have to do it alone. Um, and like I said, I I did it. I felt like I had to discover this therapeutic method. It took me years, mm -hmm. and I felt alone it doesn't have to take you that much time. We can fast track that. So, you know, if you're looking for a little bit of support, someone to talk to, just reach out to me. That's great. Well, I have found that the cannabis community is very open, very welcoming, and 
so supportive. So I, I'll just echo what you said. Yes, you don't have to go through this alone. There will be somebody that will be happy to talk with you and offer you advice or just hold your hand as you go through this process. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time, Deidre. And um, I hope everybody will go out and follow you and make sure you pick up the book. I think it, it sounds like a really good whole life approach to better health. Yeah, definitely. All, all, all kinds of good tips and tools on there. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Deirdre. Thank you. Show notes for today's episode can be found out at CannabisSealsMe.com slash one, two, three. Thank you so much for listening. You guys have a great week and we will be back here next time. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Do you have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? Send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments.